Good evening, and welcome to Oddities, a love letter to the unexplained. I'm Keith, and joining me as always is Joe. Hello. And tonight we will be discussing one of the more disturbing theories that is out there right now. One that I honestly stop and think about probably more than I really should as a sane person. We'll be discussing the Matrix Theory, or as Joe likes to call it, the Simulation Hypothesis. Now, I would like to start off this episode with a quote. It's by the architect from The Matrix Reloaded. Choice is an illusion created between those with power and those without. Whenever we talk about The Matrix theory, I think it is important to kind of lay down what the basis of this theory is. The real world is not actually real, but it's a really advanced computer simulation. Nick Bostrom quoted a saying that many works of science fiction, as well as some forecasts by serious technologists and futurologists, predict that enormous amounts of computing power will be available in the future. Let us suppose for a moment that these predictions are correct. One thing that later generations might do with their superpower computers is run detailed simulations of their forebearers because their computers would be so powerful, they could run a great many simulations. Suppose that these simulated people are conscious, as they would be if the simulations were sufficiently fine-grained, and if a certain quite widely accepted position in the philosophy of mind is correct. Then it could be the case that the vast majority of minds like ours do not belong to the original race, but rather to people simulated by the advanced descendants of an original race. I don't know about you, Joe, but That's a lot of technological speak, but it honestly terrifies me to think about. We are basically living in a consciousness that's not actually real because basically how we experience life is through electrical impulses in our brain. So really gets your brain going that what if the next life, what if religion, what if God is basically just a version of the architect? And then, you know, we're 
basically just floating consciousnesses that are plugged in to this giant supercomputer and what we actually perceive as life is just that it's just really really advanced simulation of what life was like yeah this is um a theory that is terrifying i think also almost i don't want to say hedonist but somewhat in that nothing we do matters anyways so might as well do it all but I will say, if this theory is true, and it's something that I wasn't terribly familiar with, and by my own admission, I've never seen the Matrix movies, so I really was like in the dark about all of this. But if this is a true theory, and you know, the more I research into it, the more it's like it's plausible because you can't prove otherwise. And I think that's the scary part about it. This is the worst MMORPG ever. And I'm very upset that I'm stuck here. All I want to know is the cheat codes. I want to open up the text bar and just hammer in Rosebud as many times as I can. Yeah, like, you know, upon hearing this, I did the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, and it did nothing. So I assume the Konami code is part of this whole simulation. Even though I think Konami is a terrible company. And um, I'm going to not go on a tangent about Konami today because not doing that today. It's strange that you mentioned the Konami code because I did one time type in on my life Abacab, like in the Sega Genesis version of Mortal Kombat, Mm -hmm. and uh, I definitely got a nosebleed. So that was fun. I think if we were in a simulation, the first Suicide Squad movie would not exist. That was... Refer too harsh on that movie. <laughs> I hate that movie so much. I hate it with a passion. I will never not hate that movie. I hated it so much. I never saw like I don't plan to ever see the new one, just because that good. movie left such a sour taste in my mouth. Back to the simulation theory because I'm getting off track myself here. So, I guess what he says in this quote is that you know these computers are so powerful they can run so many simulations. I mean, all of us. We all have at one point thought about or played the game The Sims or SimCity or something of that like. It's very possible that this could be a thing. I've heard of this, like, you know, what if we're just a giant game of The Sims? And it's very, I don't know how to think about that. I know I've never burned my house down making macaroni and cheese, so we'll just have to see on that one. But. It's just a terrifying, terrifying concept. But is it more terrifying than the infinitely expanding universe that we're most definitely not alone in, but we'll never see or know the extent of? I mean, to me, the Matrix theory is terrifying because I did recently watch a documentary on this that got my brain going. And like you said, you hit the nail right on the head talking about how if you look at it from a very hedonistic standpoint, basically means that there are no rules. AKA everyone who has ever gotten bored during a Grand Theft Auto or Saints Row game when you just go absolutely on a mission of mayhem and you just do as much bad things as you can to see how high your wanted level can get. And the scary thing about that is there are people who mentally disassociate from life and this theory gives them a reason to disassociate from it. Like there is the Matrix killer who killed his adoptive parents 
because he was so convinced that he was living within the Matrix and that the movie The Matrix spoke to him in such a way that his state of mind was so warped by it that he believed that there was no consequences to his actions. He unfortunately murdered both of his adoptive parents. I just think that there's too many people who would use something like that to their advantage to do some truly horrible things. Yeah, I think that is a very good point. And I think, you know, to the less extreme end, I do want to say that it could also be the push people need to quit the jobs that they hate, to follow their dreams and pursue things that make their character arc in the game more exciting. Yeah. That's a very hopeful and very, you know, bright and colorful way to view this. I really like that. That does bring up another thing that I want to talk about is there's an MIT professor that expanded on the simulation hypothesis that, okay, if we're essentially living in a video game, first off, who built it and why? But the most important question is, are all of us players in this simulation or are there people who are NPCs? And if you start to think about that, some things really, really start to make sense. There's people that you interact with in your life that seem like they only have one purpose. You know, Jimmy Joe Bob. You know, Jimmy Joe Bob is never going to leave the family farm. He's going to die a farmer. Then you got someone else who you know is going to be a career criminal for their entire life. It seems really interesting to me that it's almost like their roles are coded in them somehow and their paths are predetermined. So maybe it is just really, really smart coding or writing of code to make these people seem like they're actually real when in reality, when they're behind closed doors, they just shut down and they just wait for their next command or their next you know, objective. Yeah, and I think that is a very good point to bring up as well because it is very much this theory that and I guess it's something that I've never been, that I've never directly heard, but it makes sense. Is like, this is just a big old game of D&D. Some of us roll better dexterity, some of us roll better charisma, some of us roll better strain. It's something I've thought about too, but it's like, if you think about it, who's the NPC to who? There's an ice cream shop down the street from me. When I go to the ice cream shop and I order a double scoop of dairy-free lemon bar ice cream, which is by the way, fantastic, then I leave, I pay and I leave. They think, oh, there he goes. He'll be back in a week to order the same thing because he just sits there and he does nothing for a week because this is my life. This is my simulation. Whereas me, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going back to live my life. Jimmy at the ice cream shop. There are a lot of Jimmy's that have no lives apparently, but Jimmy at the ice cream shop, he's going to cease to exist. He, he's going to shut down. The render distance on my game is short. He's done. He doesn't exist to me anymore until I go back. I think it's a very who's controlling who and i think more importantly can we be sure of like who's the npc who's the character i mean there are times in my life where i felt like a side character in games i think everyone does at some point in your life you yeah know? for sure stand there giving out fetch quests like hey when you're at the store can you get me you know a candy bar or i'm ordering a pizza so now i've become the npc in a fetch quest and the main character pizza man is driving to me now I guess that's the terrifying thing about it, too, is who's really conscious and who isn't. Ugh, hate thinking about that. 
that's something that can become very scary very quickly because if you think about it games like becoming human any kind of fiction where there is humanity and then there's something different whether it be cyborg synthetics very quickly those others get where they're treated as not as important or disposable and like i said this is a really really sociopathic game that you can play in your mind that okay well jimmy at the ice cream shop all he does is give me my lemon ice cream he doesn't matter because he's not real anyways so then you start thinking of people as pawns in your game as opposed to living breathing humans it can get really escalated very quickly and i think that people who are serial killers they look at people as playthings and toys almost in a way and i know most people that play video games that's how they treat npcs as well i know everyone out there has played some of the elder scrolls games and i know 100 everybody has absolutely shot an arrow at the loudmouth guy in oblivion that will not shut up <laughs> so oh, you mean the guy that follows you after you beat the arena the guy with like the with the yellow hair yeah 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 exactly. i threw him off a mountain <laughs> exactly it's scary because i can see where someone who is in that mindset of a sociopath or a psychopath can actually justify their actions because it doesn't matter this is a computer simulation and the people i killed weren't human anyways they were just npcs they had no purpose they're just going to respawn anyways yeah and i think first to my defense in skyrim i mourned the death of lydia not just because she was carrying all my expensive stuff and happy stuff that i couldn't but because like you know finding a new follower finding a new house carl is hard that's not really hard i just didn't want to do it at the time but anyways this is a very selfish mindset it is very much this game is about me you don't matter you don't matter so i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to do whatever i feel like this is oddity where we discuss human nature <laughs> we're going for an emmy right now <laughs> but this theory and this is something i don't know how many theories like this are out there i've never really explored the alternate reality theories or i guess this isn't even alternate reality this is just what is our reality but i know this might even factor into our season finale time travelers i think it could but this is a theory that is terrifying and is definitely a product of the computer age because in the 1920s no one was doing the charleston and saying hey buddy what if uh what if there's a computer that's so powerful that we're all just pawns in a game you know like i, no, I, I they doubt were that's worried a thing. About, yeah they were worried about other stuff like communism and whatnot Yep. You know, I mean, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, too. I mean, he he, he died. And he had it coming, that son of I hate that guy. Oh, swore. All right, I'll bleep that out. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> These theories in and of themselves, I feel like they're very human-centric. But this also helps explain the existence of Bigfoot, the Mothman, the Jersey Devil, Nessie, the Black Eyed Children, which, by the way, is one of our more popular episodes and is absolutely terrifying. If you have not heard it, listen to it now. I was going to bring that up as well, and I'm glad you went there. The Matrix movies actually expand upon that in some of the lore, like the Animatrix and then the Path of Neo video game, that vampires, werewolves, ghosts, all these 
cryptid creatures are basically due to them being glitches in the matrix or old versions of NPCs that found a way to change themselves or they were corrupted. So that's why they were different than the other NPCs. But to go back to the NPC human nature conversation for a second, of course, it would be very easy to, in our human nature, to say, hey, all these other people don't exist, or they're basically just waiting for me to interact with them, for them to interact back with me. So I just think that really interesting. It's almost human nature for us to think that way, that we are the center of the universe. And the fact that we would be the main character in a very elaborate computer simulation I feel like it tracks very well with how human nature is. Yeah, one thing I do want to bring up is that there are some criticisms about the living in the simulation theory. One of them brought up by an economist named Robin Hansen, who argued that a self-interested occupant of a high-fidelity simulation should strive to be entertaining and praiseworthy in order to avoid being turned off or being shunted into a non-conscious low-fidelity part of the situation. Hansen additionally speculates that people who are aware that they might be in a simulation might care less about others and live more for today. Quote, Your motivation to save for retirement or help the poor in Ethiopia might be muted by realizing that in your simulation, you will never retire and there is no Ethiopia. First thing I want to bring up about this uh, that I heard is that it's a very selfish, very hedonistic way to think about things. And it's very, very correct criticism of the simulation. And I think it's a very real consequence. And I think if every human in the world acted like that, you know, I'm sure we'd all be worse off. But I don't know how much, I mean, it's just me. I'm not sure how much I buy into the simulation hypothesis. I know that I've been, you know, reading stories about glitches in the matrix for a while now. And I think those are pretty neat. Yeah, whatever. It's it's a simulation. We live in a simulation. Um, I've just decided that, uh, and because I am the law around here, uh, just like how I declared black-eyed children exist and they are vampires. That is why we live in a simulation. Um, this is my simulation. You are all living in it. <laughs> praise be to me. Praise be unto Joe or Toad. <laughs> praise be to Toad. Praise be to Toad. I was glad that you brought up the economist theory, boiled down that players would feel a desire to have as much attention on them as possible and strive to be as entertaining as possible. One thing that you would want to look at is TikTok, Instagram, and even to an extent, OnlyFans. All of these are expressing desires for attention in one way or another. Now, of course, I'm not saying that OnlyFans, I'm not saying anything negative about that, so please don't boycott us or anything, you know, do what you do. But all of these platforms and all of social media themselves are basically ways for people to get the attention that they desire. And everyone strives to be as entertaining as possible on these platforms with the goal of becoming an Instagram influencer, becoming TikTok famous. So a lot of that stuff that he's trying to push back against is already a reality yeah and if i may quote chuck palinuk from fight club you are the all singing all dancing crap of the world i think that's very much this theory i don't want to get too far into society's obsession with social media but 
speaking of social media, follow us on Twitter at OddityTO. That's OddityTO like Terrell Owens. But the biggest thing that I want to take away from like the you have to be entertaining, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. What if the rules are to rack up the highest score by helping the most people? You know, we don't know the rules of the game. We're just in the game. And I think that's more what we have to think about is like, we're just playing the game blind. There's someone hitting up and down arrow keys on both of us as I'm pacing my little recording office right now. Someone's definitely just like moving the control stick back and forth on me. And it's just, I don't know the rules. Maybe the rules are amass $10 million and retire in a mansion on the beach. Or maybe the rules are give away $10 million and donate everything you have to everyone and get that much score. It's kind of like the good place, right? In that the higher your score is, the higher chance you have of getting into the good place. Not to get too philosophical with it, but I feel like it was appropriate for us to go to that place. I I really want to get into some of the glitches in the matrix. And I know that Joe, you had a couple that you definitely wanted to talk about that are just absolutely just terrifying. So I think we should get into that. Yeah, so this is an article from thoughtcatalog.com. It is by Juliet Lanka. It is 100 plus glitch in the Matrix stories. Now, I believe a lot of these were taken from Ask Reddit threads, which is where most people get their glitch in the Matrix stories because people just love to talk about them on Reddit. Before I do get into stories, I just want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Quick intermission here. The contest that we ran on the Black Eyed Children episode has now been completed. Uh, we had a winner on Twitter and email. So uh, keep an eye out for season two's contest. You know, midway through the second season, we'll figure that out as we get there. And we are nearing the end of season one. We're doing 20 episodes per season, and we're getting pretty close to our Time Travelers finale. If anyone here has experienced time travel or knows any really good time travel stories, I'd encourage you to email us at podcast at oddity.studio or tweet at us at Twitter. I shamelessly plugged it earlier, so I feel like Oddity 2, that's Oddity Terrell Owens. But with that, I'm going to read off a few of these because they're pretty quick hitters. This one, simply called The Ice Cream Stain. I spilled chocolate ice cream on my leg. I wiped it off and there was still a pale brown stain in the shape of the ice cream splotch. I told my mother, who said it was a birthmark. I will swear under oath that never before that moment did I have a birthmark there. This one, the hotel room that changed as I slept. Was on a road trip with a family once. We stayed at the hotel for a night, and our room was nothing more than two beds in a restroom with a big mirror across from the beds. Everyone went to sleep but me. I set up playing a uh, mobile game I was addicted to at the time. And at about 2 a.m., I finally went to sleep. When I woke up, I noticed there was just something that was just slightly off. The mirror was gone. The room had two separate bedrooms, three beds. No one saw the mirror. I was the only one that noticed it. 
no one knows what happened with that. The photograph that defies reality. I went to camp when I was around 12. Took one of those disposable film cameras with me. Back at this day, cell phones were in the flip phase. So uh, no one really had them and the cameras kind of sucked. Took a picture of two people I made friends with there. One of them appears in the photo twice in two different poses entirely. And the last one I'll read is the moment when time froze. When I was a teenager, I was in my room and decided to go to the kitchen to make a sandwich. I looked at the clock before I left, 6.48 p.m. Went to the kitchen, made an awesome sandwich, got some chips and a drink. It took me at least 10 minutes. When I walked back into my room, the clock still said 6.48 p.m. I stood there for a bit and I was really confused. And then it turned 6.49. So there's just a few of the stories. But as you can see, when someone's graphics card is lagging or their internet connection fuzzes out for a second, it's gonna lead to some very, very interesting consequences and changes. Yeah, absolutely. One that I wanted to talk about, I woke up from a dream where I had died. And when I opened my eyes, all I saw were faces all over the walls staring at me. It was terrifying. I got up from my bed and turned on the light. The faces didn't go away. I left the room and made sure I was awake. I was. I wrote on my computer, drank some water. And when I went back in my bedroom, the faces were gone. That's terrifying to me, first off. That's really getting into the realm that maybe, let's just say that the Matrix Theory is correct. It would explain every paranormal encounter that anyone has ever had. How many times have any parents out there walked by their kid's room and one of the kid's toys just makes a random noise? No one's in the room ghosts, electrical impulses, what what made that happen? Or maybe, you know, the simulation was lagging behind for that particular character in that particular area, and the kid was quote-unquote still playing with the toy according to the simulation. Which I think is terrifying. Um, one thing that you'll notice throughout these Glitch in the Matrix stories it usually involves seeing the same person multiple times at the same time. So yeah. like the one where the friend was in the picture twice doing different poses. Um, time standing still or fast forwarding or going backwards. You'll see a lot of a lot of that as well. And sometimes you just see nothing. It just yeah. happens to be the worst coincidence you'll ever have yeah as much as i hate to use this word synchronicities i think a lot of synchronicities can be explained away by this theory and basically whenever i'm talking about synchronicities let's just say that you know you're walking down the street of you know just a random place I, actually i'll use an example so when my wife and i were in colorado for our honeymoon i had thought a couple weeks earlier about my friend from college regina 
she made me a really cool wood burning art piece that I still have to this day. I hadn't seen her, I hadn't thought about her, I hadn't talked to her in years. And I randomly had found that art piece and I was like, oh, well, yeah, maybe I should look up Regina sometime and say hello. As far as I know, Regina lives in Chicago. We live in Wisconsin. We're walking the streets of Estes Park, Colorado. We're walking one way and the people walking towards us and I instantly recognize someone. It's my friend Regina, which is really, really strange to randomly walk into her on my honeymoon while she's visiting a friend. Really crazy coincidence. And yeah, that's something that still to this day is just kind of an odd thing that happened that I can't explain. People will say, you know, hey, it's a small world kind of thing, but what if it wasn't a small world? What if we have the capacity to manifest these things and make these things happen? I can't be the only one who's ever done that. Like you think of someone and you're like, oh yeah, that's, you know, that's a cool person. And then all of a sudden you see them within that week or you you hear a word or you want to hear a song and that song starts playing on the radio. Yeah. And it really comes into who is playing who and what is playing what. I think that is like one of those that's kind of creepy because I've had a few of those myself where it's like, that is a great coincidence. You know, like you're waiting, you know, you're thinking, wow, I really want something. All of a sudden it's there. Or you're thinking about someone, all of a sudden they message you, send you a text, they call you, anything like that. It's it's all just too convenient to just be coincidence. Absolutely. And the other one that I wanted to bring up that is pretty prevalent in the Matrix movie is deja vu or the phenomenon of deja vu. I, I've had this feeling of deja vu my entire life. There's times where I will remember a dream that I had from my 20s or whenever I was in my teens, things like that. And I'll remember details and aspects of my current life that I dreamt about from those years ago. Now, of course, there's there's medical explanations that they, they're, they're micro seizures, basically, that are causing this sensation of deja vu, and it's basically a chemical imbalance. Okay, that's, you know, that's scientific, if you can prove that. It's also really strange, though, to have that feeling. I actually had this situation when you and I worked at Humana that I had a deja vu that I was sitting back to back with somebody who was one of my best friends. I didn't know who. I didn't have any details or anything like that. And then sure enough, Joe starts Humana a little bit after me and he ends up sitting behind me and him and I just instantly became good friends. So then I was like, okay, well that makes sense. So I'm basically on the right path. Whenever you set a destination marker yeah, and then you follow, that's what I've always kind of attributed that to. It's just a really strange thing. Yeah, it's very, um, deja vu is very, very interesting to me. I've experienced it a few times myself. I couldn't tell you the exact situations in which I experienced them, but I know this also, you know, feeds into doppelgangers, right? The idea that someone can have a doppelganger walking around living a complete different life from us, but they look just like us. They act just like us. They sound just like us. And that's kind of terrifying in and of itself as well. Because you'll see, yeah. you know, hey, I saw you 
at blank. It's like, I've never been to blank. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, no, 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 I saw you. No one looks just like you. It's like, oh, then I guess I have a doppelganger. That is interesting because now it's like we have ideas about doppelgangers. Basically, the Matrix theory explains everything. It explains ghosts, it explains Bigfoot, it explains aliens, it explains doppelgangers, it explains deja vu. It explains everything. So that is pretty, pretty good then. It's a very convenient one-stop shop for our cryptid theories. Right. I would also like to say that this is all a farce and our simulation is run by a sandhill crane. I hate those things. They are ugly, they are loud, and they're aggressive. Take all of this with a grain of salt. Of course, this is all speculation, so please don't think that we're pushing conspiracy theories that we believe that uh, this whole existence is not a thing and it's just an elaborate computer simulation. But I really think that having these conversations is something that's really interesting to talk about them because there's a lot of stuff where you can see where somebody could easily believe this and they could live their life by this. That scares the hell out of me, to be honest, because you could be walking down the street and you come across somebody who believes it doesn't matter. This is a simulation anyways. That's where you can kind of attribute to people who just randomly attack people on the street. Crazy stuff like that. Like there was that video of that woman that just walks up on this family and she stabs the little kid in the face. No one knows why. There's the guy who was eating the other man's face. No one knows why. There's so many crazy things like that that have happened that it almost seems like somebody had bad programming or somebody just basically got to the point where they're like, well, it doesn't matter anymore because there's no consequences. It doesn't matter what I do. That's the scariest part of this theory is I feel like if humanity as a whole were to get to that mindset, I know that a lot of people who hold this theory think that if everybody was in that mindset that it would be liberating and unifying. I think the exact opposite. It would bring out the worst in humans and humanity and it would basically just be the end of our existence. I think this theory is, it's interesting. Everything's interesting to me though. But this is a very fun theory, I think, to help explain everything. I was actually going through our text conversations because you've talked about this with me before. And I was looking for the exact text message you sent me because I really needed to just read it out loud. Because you asked me, what if the men in black are agents in the matrix that try to keep the simulation running smoothly? Henceforth, they show up when there are odd occurrences. That's interesting because it ties everything back in. Because if we are living in a simulation, we don't have a show. You know, it's like, oh, who's Bigfoot? Um, I don't know. Jim programmed it. Why are there so many gyms in this universe? I don't know. Mark programmed that. It's interesting. It's so interesting. And it's so fun to look into. And this is something, like I said, I really did not know anything about this theory beforehand. But I am one of those proponents that apes will evolve and take over the world. I'm also, I'm a very big believer that the robots are going to rise up and kill us all. Not in a tinfoil hat kind of way, just in a man's hubris kind of way. But, you know, this is something that I think is both outside and inside our wheelhouse as a paranormal podcast that talks about cryptids and aliens and, you know, 
things that go bump in the night. Because this is an explanation for things going bump in the night and why they bump in the nights. So I guess at that, though, these last two episodes have been a kind of a departure from our normal style. But I think both episodes are really important. I love the Bob Lazar documentary. And I really enjoyed learning about and talking about the Matrix theory. I think it's um, scary, somewhat reassuring, and also very, very hedonistic. It would be interesting if our existence is a simulation that's in like a museum or something where people can look in on our lives. We're further advanced than we ever comprehended. And the reason why we come across things that are technologically more advanced, like unidentified flying objects and things like that, is basically people who are popping into the simulation in ways that they shouldn't be. And I think that would be a really interesting movie. It just makes me think of the movie Dark World. It makes me think of The Matrix. It makes me think of Johnny Mnemonic. Just all of that stuff where reality is a farce, but there's something behind it that's even greater, even better than what we're experiencing. And I think that's really cool to talk about. And I guess at that, I'm going to ask you the big question. Gala 1 to 10, how confident are you we are living in a computer simulation? I'm going to have to go pretty low on this one. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff like synchronicities and a lot of weird occurrences that can be attributed to this theory, but I'm going to give it like maybe a three. So I'm going to do a first on this podcast. I'm going to say a one, the absolute lowest I can go. I'm just not as behind it, I think, as um, a lot of people would be. Maybe it's just, you know, the way everything is. And I know for me, it's just one of those, I'm not entirely believing it, but you never know. It's a one for me, dog. So then next time, we're gonna kind of veer back into our original format here. We're gonna hopefully have Dan Aykroyd on next time. I'm kidding. I wish. I'm kidding. We will not have Dan Aykroyd on. You know, I was talking with my fiance about this last night. She's like, well, what if he says yes, but he wants you to pay him? And I was like, oh crap. I don't have the money to pay Dan Aykroyd. I didn't think about that. One thing that we are going to talk about next week that I think is really interesting. Zombies. Absolutely. I'm excited about this episode because there's so many different ways that we can go with this. Chemical zombies, supernatural zombies, voodoo, hoodoo. There's lots to talk about with this subject matter. Yeah. And I'm really excited for it as well. We are getting into the end of summer fall is going to definitely take its hold soon enough. I don't know about you, but where I'm at, it is the high 90s. I hate it. I hate every second of this heat. But with that being said, we are going to get scarier and spookier until we hit the Time Traveler Season 1 finale, which is rapidly approaching. Oddity, a love letter to the unexplained, is written and produced by me, Joe, and Keith. All audio is used under the protection of fair use. And if you have your own stories, if you have any photo evidence, or you just want to heap tons and tons of praise upon us for how good we are at making podcasts, email us at podcast at oddity.studio. And like I said, next week is zombies. Get ready. It'll be a good one. But until next week, my name is Joe. And I have been Keith. Hold on to your dookie, it's about to get spooky. Stay plugged in up there, computer in the sky.